This is Podco Media Networks. Welcome to Citizen CEO. I'm very excited to be chatting with serial entrepreneur Vicky Vasquez, founder and CEO of Tribal Tech and CEO of Cohen and Associates. Both companies are American Indian, woman-owned small businesses that provide management and consulting services and technical assistance to federal, state, tribal, and corporate clients. For more than 30 years, Vicki has been an advocate for American Indians, leading education reform, healthcare, and advancing energy initiatives. Today, we chat with Vicki about her journey to entrepreneurship, her passion for education reform for American Indians, and intentional culture. Welcome, Vicki. We're so excited to have you today on Citizen CEO. Thank you, Kimberly, and I am honored and pleased to be a part of your program. I can't wait to share your story and your journey with our listeners. You've had this incredible career over the years in public service, everything from serving on various presidential commissions to owning and operating now multiple multi-million dollar businesses, and you've had quite the ride. So can we start by chatting a little bit about you and your journey to entrepreneurship? How did you get your start? Well, it's a little bit of a story if you have some time. I actually got an interest doing public service through my father, who was tribal chairman of the San Pasqual Band of Mission Indians. I'm native as well, from Southern California. And through my dad, he started the first education program on the reservation long before casinos and hotels were even in the thought process. So I got an interest in Indian education, actually through my father and my passion grew through him to me through my years, which consequently, I decided to become a public servant for the federal government and came to Washington, D.C. And through that, I got great experience at the federal level, both at the Federal Department of Education and the Federal Department of Energy. And obviously, as you mentioned earlier, several boards and commissions that I was very fortunate to be a part of through the various administrations in these past 20-some years, I'm aging myself. (laughs) And then what happened is... Once I left the federal government, I decided to run for public service for the 45th district delegate position in Virginia, and I lost, (laughs) but it was a great run. It gave me a lot of hope, and I thought if I can go door to door talking to these people and finding out what they are interested in and what we have in common, that maybe I could go forward and start my own business and help with the areas that the folks were sharing with me. And if you can work that hard going door to door and running for office, I think you can really accomplish pretty much anything. So I took it upon myself to look into the Small Business Administration and find out what it entails to start one's own business under their small and disadvantaged certification program. And to make the story not so long. Here we are today, after 10 years of being in that SBA program, I now have a business that started with one other person to now uh, approximately 100 employees. And we 
just acquired another company, Cowan and Associates, about a month ago, actually, a little over a month ago. And we're doing mostly work in the area of tribal affairs in the area of health and wellness and education. And then the new company, which we can chat about later, is more in the Department of Defense area. So that's, in a nutshell, how I got from being a public servant to a owner of my own small business. Well, congratulations on all of your success. Some of the things that you just talked about are very rare accomplishments for us to hear about, especially from other women. So congratulations on that success. So for most entrepreneurs, you know, there's that defining moment where you go from a point of thinking about starting your own business to actually making the decision and then moving out. You alluded to the fact that that might have been after this election cycle when you were running for delegate. Would you say that that was that defining moment for you? I had been encouraged over the last sort of few years of my public service in the government to step out and do my own business. And I really loved what I did with the federal government. I did. But once I left and ran for office, that was one stepping point. However, I think it was the encouragement of other folks, which is also, that was a good story. And I have a bad story that kind of goes along with that step that I took. I actually trusted explicitly in someone that I had worked with for many years in the government. And he had already had his own business and was very interested in getting me started. So he mentored me, not officially, but unofficially. And I trusted again, as I said earlier, explicitly in him. A couple years down the road, it was suggested I put all of my back office support in his company's control, which was out in Colorado. And I'm physically in Alexandria, Virginia. Once I allowed that back office support, which included HR, IT, business development, accounting, I can't think what else I'm missing, but what actually runs your overhead. And I looked maybe, I don't know, after a year, I just didn't seem like I was getting the profit or the return. And fortunately, my husband unofficially helped me on the financial side. And again, I'm not perfect. One of my downside at that time was the financial side of things. So I had to really learn a lot. And to this day, now they're all saying, oh, you're in the weeds. But you got to be in the weeds, seriously, enough to know what your business is or is not doing. That individual actually was building another company, unbeknownst to me, under our profit. And I found out about it in a very quiet way from an individual off the record coming to me at the end of a day. And once I found out about it, I had to turn around and get all that back to Alexandria, Virginia from Denver, Colorado, which we did in 30 days. And it was 
not easy. I could have lost everything in between, but we did it, brought it back, and I no longer am in communication with that person and also his son, who he was putting in place to be the president of our organization. Again, all this unbeknownst to me. So, yeah, so it was kind of a baby steps in the beginning. And I was, okay, this is good. I'm making a little profit. And, you know, it's sometimes you being a woman business owner as well, us women kind of get, oh, don't worry about it. We've got this for you. And I was sort of in that role. And when I really looked at what do I need to really know and what do I really need to be doing? I stepped up to the plate, got the right people around me. And as Ronald Reagan says, trust, but verify. I did not verify. And he had done this to many companies before. So now I do, as I said, just a moment ago, I do get into the weeds. I do know what's going on. I do trust, but I verify. And once I took that step and became 100% committed, we have only doubled, tripled, increased in employees, the number of employees, the number of our profit, and the things that we get to do, the contracts that we have, and most importantly to me, being able to give back through my foundation. So that's kind of that in a nutshell. (laughs) Wow, that is quite the story and a great cautionary tale for our listeners. I think you're spot on with the trust, but verify so many of us as small businesses in order to save cost, outsource certain back office functions. So it's an excellent reminder that while we're doing that, we also need to be verifying that the services that we're paying for are actually being provided and that we're being taken care of in the appropriate way. So thank you for that reminder. (laughs) And you just got to be willing to, especially as a woman, you know, fight that much harder, keep going, find the good people and don't give up. And seriously, I didn't start this till my 50s. So it's possible. Anything's possible. And I tell that to my daughter all the time. Well, Vicki, can you talk to us a little bit about Tribal Tech and what you guys do? Sure. Tribal Tech LLC, we're based in Alexandria, Virginia. We have employees all over the country, as well as here at headquarters and in Washington, D.C., We are in about 20 federal agencies. A lot of our work comes from health and human services, where we do under our one contract, the Substance Abuse Mental Health Service Administration. Sadly, we're doing this work, but I am so proud that we get to do this work. And it's in the area of on Native reservations in Indian country, suicide, drugs, alcohol, domestic abuse, bullying, opioids, all those issues that unfortunately are out there in Indian country. We get to go out there and help the folks heal, prevention, provide resources on behalf of SAMHSA, the Substance Abuse Mental Health Service Administration. So that's one of the areas I'm so proud to be a part of. And we have folks that are subject matter experts in the field that are based out there in those communities. So they are 
hands-on helping to heal those communities. We also do a lot of work for several federal entities in the grants and management, technical assistance, training, help desk, events, meeting planning, conferences for various other programs, mostly again in the Native world. We have the Office of Indian Energy under the Department of Energy. We have the Administration of Native Americans, a couple contracts there with HHS as well. And then we do some work at Department of Labor, helping them with their program that serves the Native folks. We help both the Department of Labor, Department of Education with their advisory councils where we set up all the logistics for those meetings. We help with the federal agencies on tribal consultation and some of the non-Native work we do. If folks are listening that are with the federal government, there's the charitable arm called the Combined Federal Campaign. We get to help with about, I think, 10 or 12 entities under the Combined Federal Campaign, which one is the national capital area, the marketing overseas, and then several other entities. Also one in Hawaii. I don't get to go to these places, but (laughs) it's kind of fun to do the Combined Federal Campaign for the federal government as well. There's about four or five companies that serve that work for the Office of Personnel Management. And then we do another organization called Strata, and we help them with their American Indian and Alaska Native work. And we've been doing that for several years with their nonprofit. So we get to be fortunate to work with some of those entities as well. And I do need to mention our new one, which is Cowan and Associates, which I had to make a decision last year. Do I want to grow my company? Do I want to sell my company? Do I want to just let the contracts ride out? And fortunately, I decided to grow my company. And you can do that in several factors. And one is by acquiring another company, which we elected to do and we're fortunate to complete. And that now is in the area of defense where we're doing a lot of work with their supply chain management, strategizing, program management, some IT support, performance and change management. I'm trying to remember everything. So that's been kind of new right now. And we're literally going through bringing the two companies together. We're all one team And following my principles of people, performance, and partnership, and where we all follow that foundation. Wow. And I'm sure that there are probably some unique challenges that arise from trying to create a cohesive culture around both organizations. And we'll get into that a little bit more a little bit later. But I did want to continue the conversation within the context of culture. And for the listeners out there who may not know, I've had the great fortune of getting to know Vicki as we are both members of Women Presidents Organization, which is a peer advisory group for women operating businesses with annual revenues uh, above a million dollars. So I've had the opportunity to get to know her and fortunately to visit her corporate headquarters recently. (sighs) 
<laughs> and thank you for doing it. Yes, it was awesome. And one of the things that I loved the most about the space itself was walking into the building and being greeted by the lovely photos of all of your employees that are prominently displayed when you enter the building. So for me, when I see things like that, I see very intentional culture. So can you talk to us a little bit about your inspiration for doing this and what it was that you hoped to achieve? Sure. Again, I go back to my father as my inspiration personally and being a people person and giving back and honoring those that work hard. I do not do this business by myself. I could not be the success that I am without all the folks that work for Tribal Tech and Cowan. And I I realize so many of our folks are all over the country as well as downtown. They have to report to the actual facility that they work for, the agency. And I get calls, I get emails, and I'm like, well, who's Susie Q? Who's, you know, Johnny Joe? And I just thought, why can't we put everybody's photo up, have everybody come in at some point, see the office, feel welcomed? And now what it's led to is that beautiful wall that you've been fortunate to see of our folks. And now folks that are even out in the field, they come in from time to time and work from here because they want to be a part of this warm environment and visit with the other folks that they never get to see. So someone will say to their supervisor, let's say, for example, for the Administration for Native Americans, their house in DC, they'll say, hey, can we go and work at Tribal Tech's headquarters on Friday or on Wednesday and folks come in. And then over time, they've all come in at one point or another to get their photo taken to go up on the wall. And then we also recognize those folks once a month. They're peer elected and voted upon is what we call our Golden Feather Award. And we recognize one employee every month for the unique work that they do or the unique project that they were on or whatever their peers felt they need to be recognized. And so as they are on the wall, you might notice when you walk up closely, you'll see some of them have a little golden feather on their frame. And that makes me excited to see them. And when new people come in, they get to see who they're going to be working with before they even head out. They just come look at the wall. Awesome. I love the Golden Feather Award idea. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. And we make a big deal of it, too, because it is important. It is important. It's important to recognize folks for their contribution to the overall success of the organization. As you said so eloquently a moment ago, you know, none of us would be here without the teams that we have supporting us and, and helping us to achieve those goals. It was so great to hear Vicki share her story of the journey to entrepreneurship. The lesson learned that she shared of trusting but verifying is worth repeating and remembering. In my own journey, this concept has manifested itself in several areas of my life and business. In fact, my co-founder often says something very similar that we live by, which is inspect what you expect. So thanks to Vicki for sharing her journey. I hope that you'll join us next week when we continue our chat and she walks us through her experience in acquiring another company.